All right, all right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Talking with Teachers. I'm your host, Mark Ryan. And as you know, this is not just a segment about Talking with Teachers, but again, our next guest is just that. So I have Walter in the studio. How you doing, man? Hey, hello. I'm pretty good. How's it going? Yeah, it's going all right. And uh, so we were having a little conversation before this thing started, and I had my poster up on the wall, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Great book. And you were saying something else about it. Yeah, it was one of the first computer games I ever played. What? I I took a class in fifth grade, and it was some of the first versions of Apple's when they were called Macintosh. Yeah, yeah. And my teacher... Um, in the gifted and talented class had this situation oh, look game. at that shout out to the gifted and talented yeah mr fleischer um and this game was really interesting because it puts you in situations and you had to figure it out and there was no choices it was just like open um free-range decisions and i never really got out this one room because the only thing in this room was me and a rope and i never got out wow but uh it was a really cool game and it really did make me think that's cool. That, yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, and that brings me to our first point. You, you were already there back in time in that classroom. Um, what brings you here? What's your journey? What, what do people need to know about you in, in a couple minutes? <laughs> um, man, my journey has been truly organic. If you would have looked back at that time or even in the years after that, I would have never thought that I would have been a teacher um, but once I decided that I would be a teacher, what was that? What was that moment? Um, it was decided for me. Uh, <laughs> Are you I, about to talk about your wife or something? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, I was an English lit major, man, and uh, I was an intern for the public relations department of the school systems where I graduated from. And near the time of graduation. You know, I kept having these conversations with some of the superintendents and assistant superintendents and HR reps about, what are you doing now? Where are you going? Right. I was like, I'm home. Make a sandwich. And they right. were like, send us your transcripts. And they looked and they were like, well, if you go and take these, these, these courses, you can get your teacher's license. And I was like, but I don't want to be a teacher. And so my mom actually worked for that school system, and um, she worked directly for the superintendent. So they all kind of watched me grow up. And they were like, no, you're going to be a teacher. We think you'll be good at it. Take these courses and come back. Wow. And so that's kind of how I ended up being a teacher. And, I think uh, that's funny because I think that's, from the people I've talked to so far, it's not an uncommon story of these outside factors or these people outside that see the educators. You know, like parents or friends who are like, no, no, you're a teacher. And the person's like, what? No, I'm not. Not, not initially. Right. Yeah, man. And I, that was the last thing I expected. I mean, I remember um, actually going to work in some of the schools where I attended and seeing some of my old teachers who kind of looked at me sideways and like, you work here now? Yeah. And um and they knew my parents on a first name basis and not because they my mom worked for the school systems but because they had to call her every day. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, so So it's full circle. Total full circle, man. But I, I like to feel like that makes me the um naughty whisperer. So I remember why sometimes maybe I wasn't engaged or I wasn't challenged or why I maybe was disinterested and I tried to be 
the teacher that I wanted to have. And I had some really good ones, and I remembered what I liked about them, and I tried to hold on to that while getting rid of the things that I didn't like. So I guess I'm standing on the shoulder of giants in a way. Yeah, all right. And I think we'll we'll come back to that a little bit later because I have a point about about that. But what about podcasts? And I'm going to – I'm totally switching – Gears here. All right, let's do it. We uh, we were walking past each other just on just on a passing before we got this podcast going, you, and you were you were excited about doing this podcast because you love podcasts. Yes, um, I actually want to have my own podcast one day, and my wife and I are also talking about doing a podcast. What's the holdup? We just have to find some time. Um, I've always wanted to do one, and one of my good friends back home who just graduated from law school. He first broached the idea to me a few years ago, but with so much distance between us, we didn't make it happen. And I've always talked about it. And then one day my wife, who's a blogger, right, um, was contacted by a company that was like, hey, would you like to test out a podcast, Mike? And then my wife and I was like, we should start our own podcast. So um, we're thinking about What's your about Twitter handle? Uh, my Twitter handle is waltlove one but it's L U V one. And what's your oh. what's your wife's Twitter handle? She's got a, oh, yeah, she's she, got a big push. She's got a yeah, big she's the global gazette. There we go. But you can find her under Tamara Clark as well. All right. Well, I'll shout it out uh, on my Twitter. So so make sure to give them a follow. Um, wait wait. What's your Twitter handle? My I'm at uh, Mark Ryan Pod. All right. All right. Yeah, so I'm out there. I'm doing stuff uh, with education. I got a thing on online right now called run and rant for teachers and I know a lot of people listening to this podcast are part of that community where we get out once a week uh, and everybody gets active and they all respond to a topic and oh. so we have hundreds of people now doing it oh, so, we, so we, have about, we have about 250 people in the community and mm-hmm. we get about 30 or 40 people a week to get out and just respond after being active and on what something. platform? that's on Twitter oh, okay okay that's my favorite yeah yeah so they kind of do it's kind of like vlogging a little bit um, what would be your go-to, like, before we go back to you, kind of what your podcast would look like if you had one, what would your, your go-to podcast? Um, it depends on what time of year it is. Right so now? So right now, my go-to podcast, as I'm looking, it's um, the Ringer NBA podcast, because right. I'm currently watching the basketball playoffs. Fantasy football season, I'll... Um, Watch my favorite fantasy, the fantasy football guys, to help me with my fantasy football league. And just throughout the year, I listen to hardcore history with Dan Carlin sometimes because I, I love military history. And I listen to some pop culture podcasts as well, like The Brilliant Idiots. Uh, that's for adults, though. I wouldn't encourage the, the youths at home to listen. All right. Well, that's it. There's, there's things for everybody out there for right. sure. Um, and if you had one, you and your boy back home or... You and your wife, or just you alone, what would it be? Would it be theme-based? Um, you know what? I actually left off the podcast I probably enjoy the most, and I think we would oh, do we a variation of it. It's called The Daily Zeitgeist. And you know, zeitgeist means the public consciousness. Right. And so what this podcast does is it takes the um, top 10 trending topics on Google, Twitter, social media, etc. And those are the talking points for that podcast every day. I got you. Um, and I guess my wife and I, we talk about everything. Uh, we talk about things such as social issues, political issues, legal, pop culture. So kind of the things that normal people 
we'll probably talk about while they're hanging out having a cup of coffee. Yeah. And our perspectives sometimes are very similarly aligned, but then at other times we are on totally different um, parts of the spectrum. And so I think that would make for interesting interesting discussion. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, can't be one-sided. And that's my biggest beef with mm-hmm. Twitter out there. And everyone knows that's how my run and rant started because I found Twitter... Man, it was a bubble for some people. The echo chambers. Oh, wow. And the amount of pushback when you asked anything that was con- maybe not controversial, just against their talking point. If you just said, you know, and this is the biggest one, and I'll shout this out to teachers and please don't go crazy on this, or, or do, <laughs> is when I see videos on Twitter of people in their classroom and their kids, and there are cell phones all over the desks. And I know that that's the world we live in, but I just cannot get over the kid needing his cell phone to be sitting there as if his mom or someone is about to send him a text that he needs to see. Oh, man. Let's see. I will say there is a rare moment where a cell phone may pop up in my class, and the only time that happens is if we're pressed for time and I have some notes on the board. If they don't have their device, I may say, okay, take it with your phone and put it away. You won't see it on my desk. You won't see it on the desk, though. Yeah. Um, I will admit, though, I actually use my phone in class a lot because we do a lot of transition and timing. So I always use the stopwatch for my um, my assignment. So if we have five minutes, I set the stopwatch on my phone yeah. and it sends an alert. Usually, I used to use the online stopwatch and have it projected, but usually we're using the smart board, so we can't. But I take phones if they ring in class because if you wanted that phone, you would have put it on silent. But um, you need to, if you want to use it, you got to be more clever, I guess. I yeah, don't know. That's, that's it. So it's not what you do; it's how you do it. There but. we go. And we're already ten minutes into the podcast. We got five minutes left. That's it. Flies, man. Oh. And I'm going to go back to uh, the link here. I'm going to make is between your interest in podcasting and the the type of season we're in. So we're in basketball season. Big game last night. Um, But the thing I want to talk about with basketball is how I come at it. And I come at it through uh, an interest with with fashion. Uh, A lot of my friends back in Hong Kong actually know a lot of these dudes. And they they run a fashion label called Clot, C-L-O-T, who does a lot of crossovers with Nike. and one of their reps is uh, Russell Westbrook. Oh, wow. And I was just reading GQ Middle mm-hmm. East, and he had a big spread in there. And what's your take on that? What's going on with the game? What's going on with the fashion? Um, I love it. I mean, I actually do love the cutaways when you see the guys getting off the bus and see what they're wearing. Uh, I find it fascinating. I find it interesting. I'm, I look at it, and I'm saying, okay, so this is what millionaires wear. Okay. Uh, and I... I it really just captures my imagination because I wonder, like, will you ever wear these clothes again? Did you pick it out? Um, and I, I like fashion. My fashion sense is I like clothes to be more comfortable than presentable. But if they look good, that's a plus two. All right. Do you think those guys look comfortable when they're walking to the game? Because the stuff is looking... Tight. They're kind of doing the Tom Brown high ankle pants. I say it, it comes and goes. I say I'll see when I see Westbrook. I feel like five or six times out of eight, he looks comfortable. Okay. Where some things I know is just for show. 
Um, there are certain guys, like, I feel like whenever I saw Dwayne Wade, he looked comfortable. Right. Um, I feel like certain guys always look comfortable. And certain guys, I feel like they're more dressed for the runway than they are for comfort because they like to make a statement. Right. Yeah. So I would rather be comfortable than make a statement. All I right. guess comfort, comfort is my statement. Comfort is your statement. Yeah. And let's say uh, you need to make a statement in five years because you're moving on, you're, you got other schools on the horizon. Is that a thing? What's your five-year plan? Are you going to be uh, buying mm-hmm. a new suit anytime soon and going to an interview? Um, Westbrooking it up through... <laughs> I'd say my five-year plan is to get my kids through primary school. Um, and I love this school, so I like keeping them here. All right. Um, but ultimately, my goal for myself is kind of dual-pronged. I want to gain experience as an administrator, and currently I'm in middle. I'm a middle leader yeah. uh, as a dean of grade six, soon to be grade seven. Um, but I would really love to eventually matriculate to senior leadership. So yep. that's one of my professional plans. So I hope that I can do it where I'm at and I don't have to travel for it because we do like being here. Yep. Um, but also one of my professional goals outside of education, but ties right to it, is once I get an influx of energy and get past this stage of life that I'm in now, I plan to write the Excuse the cliche, but the great American novel. Really? Yeah, so those are my um, two career aspirations. Wow, all right. And that, I don't know, it just seems like things are leading to the end of this podcast, but in a a fairly organic way. And I'm going to finish with with legacy. And I'll I'll tell the the listeners, you know, I struggle with it because, and I was telling you this a little bit before, because I don't, I just, I honestly don't know if my legacy is in the classroom. I know I can be a very interesting teacher. I'm definitely um, an artist. I'm definitely a performer in front of the kids. And I, but I don't know if I'm that guy that when they say, you know, tell me three teachers that have changed your life, if I'm that one. But I do feel that I have a calling or a potential to interact with people who are that, or are those people, and how they can enhance some of their roles to connect and to get things moving in the classroom because I'm always trying to do lots and lots of different things so maybe that would be my legacy of this guy who just was all over the place but okay. um, what would be what would be your legacy and I'm going back way back to the beginning of the conversation when you were talking about those those teachers and talking about the yeah. people who shaped well, you um, I don't know man I guess um, I don't think about myself too much because I feel like that'll make me forget uh, I kind of just be Yep. Um, but I will say, looking back, I'll quote um, a Tupac lyric, if I may. Um, he said in one of his songs that his aim is to spread more smiles than tears. And I'll say that kind of sums it up for me. I would just like to give people, whether they're students or people just in everyday walks of life, um, if they encounter me in any way, I would just like that encounter to be a positive experience. And I try to learn from everybody I come in contact with. So if somebody learns from me, then all the better. All right. All right. Well, everybody, that wraps it up for Talking With Teachers, another episode on the Questioning Mark podcast. You can get it on Anchor. You can get it everywhere podcasts are available. Walter, thank you, dude. Thanks for coming in. Uh, Thank you, Mark. All right, man. And we are out.